Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers. It didn't go how we wanted it to go on Sundays. The Saints are now 1-2 and two through three weeks of play after falling 22-14 at Carolina. That does wrap up three straight NFC South games to open the season, which means we didn't fare too bad and we don't have as many as everybody else has left to play. And the Saints are now already in London as they begin preparation for their game against the Vikings Sunday. Head coach Dennis Allen and players are going to speak to the media today. You can find that on NewOrleansSaints.com as well as complete coverage from the game yesterday at Carolina. The Saints did, however, finally find some rhythm on offense. 426 yards, 84 coming on the ground, 342 through the air. Winston finally made a few of those long balls to wide receiver Chris Olave hit. He had 147 yards to lead the day. Traquan Smith had 105, so he caught a couple good balls from Winston as well. Wide receiver Marquez Callaway caught the lone touchdown pass. That was his first catch of the season overall, and it was that touchdown. Running back Mark Ingram ran in for five yards for the other touchdown that came on the ground. Defensively, the Saints finally broke through. They had three sacks. But the Panthers, they were just able to capitalize on a few miscues from the Saints and Alvin Kamara fumble. And then Christian McCaffrey was able to get going on the ground for 108 yards. We're going to be watching a few injuries throughout the week as wide receiver Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Traquan Smith all left the game early. Already in that game, they were without Deontay Hardy, who was an inactive coming in. Taysom Hill was inactive, did not play. He's dealing with that rib injury. So definitely a lot of pieces on the offensive side that we're going to be keeping an eye on this week. Alvin Kamara still dealing with the ribs. Um, Andrus Pete, he left the game with a concussion, offensive lineman. So we'll see how those injuries progress over the week while they are overseas in London. Todd Graffanini is on site. He will have complete coverage throughout the week on NewOrleansSaints.com. So make sure you keep up with him and at Saints on Twitter. Now, to break down the game from yesterday at Carolina, I brought in two reporters who were at that game, NOLA.com's Taryn Wack and ESPN's Catherine Terrell. It is Ladies' Day on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I have Aaron and Kat on here with me today. It's awesome to have both of you live from Charlotte after the New Orleans Saints unfortunately took an L there yesterday. So I'll start with you, Taryn. How are you doing today? How are we feeling after yesterday's game? I mean, I feel fine. I'm not the one who got demolished <laughs> on the football field, but uh, it was a long day. I feel like that game never ended and there were an insane amount of media timeouts for the TV crew. And if I had any say of the media, we would not have that many. But no, I did not expect that. <laughs> I did not expect the Panthers to have a lead going into halftime and the Saints to have absolutely no points. So yeah, definitely a lot of unexpected things that happened in that game. Kat, how are you? 
I just, I felt like that was a very lethargic game, if that makes sense. Like, I've seen a lot of bad games in Charlotte over the years. Um, I was thinking of one years ago when Breeze was hurt and um, Luke McCown was the quarterback. And they almost came back, uh, but didn't. I think Luke McCown was trying to throw a jump ball to Brandon Cooks in the end zone. Um, maybe getting the details wrong, but even that was more exciting than yesterday's game. It's hard to watch a game where it's not that both sides are playing good defense. I mean, and give credit to the Panthers. I mean, they did. But when you're covering a team where it's it's more a matter of the offense, it's just completely inept. Uh, the stats don't reflect that, but they were. It's, it's kind of like a slog to get through, I feel like. In post-game, the consensus was, I think, across the media, from Coach Allen, players, is you have to stop shooting yourselves in the foot. The self-inflicted wounds, the penalties, the turnovers. It sounds so simple. We know what the answer is, but how do you do that? You know, we have a week here in London. We're going to kind of, you know, we'll, we'll go back and talk about the game a little bit more. But what has does the focus have to be? to fix some of those things, Kat? Well, that all starts with coaching, I think. I mean, that starts from the top. Those are the things you should focus on in practice. And now, as you said, they're going to London. You're throwing all of them off their routine, a huge distraction, more media obligations, or at least different types of media Mm -hmm. obligations, just a lot of things going on. So this is not the ideal week to be saying, hey, we need to get back to fundamentals and fix these things. So it's a lot bigger challenge than maybe, as you said, just saying we have to do it. Um, But I mean, it all starts from the top. And besides the coaches, the team leaders have to step up because that was that was an outrageous amount of penalties yesterday, or at least it felt like it. Mm -hmm. Um, It just it kind of just felt like it just kept going on and on. And, you know, the fumbles are another problem, but. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are are veterans. You know, you don't have to tell them not to fumble. I think they're well aware of it. I don't know if that's necessarily something that needs to be fixed in in the way that, I mean, what are you going to do? Have Kamara carry a a ball around all the time? I mean, I I think he knows. So I don't necessarily think the fumbles are this huge problem going forward, but I do think the penalties are. I would love to see Kamara carrying a football around London. (laughs) As a punishment. Actually, that would be really funny. But if you're going to have him do it, then you would have to have Ingram do it as well since he fumbled uh, in back-to-back games. But both those those fumbles, oh, he did fumble back-to-back games. But both of those fumbles, well, the first one from Ingram last week and then Kamara, I mean, they were, they were secure balls. I mean, they were good defensive plays. So mm-hmm. I don't know. They were. They were. Yeah, I don't know how much carrying a football around would be. Uh, beneficial although it would be hilarious um that's my point like what are you gonna do punish them i mean come on right um taryn you you are i think you're about to jump in but the penalties the turnovers anything else that you're looking for them to really clean up this week i kind of disagree a bit with Catherine here but but like being in london i think well it puts them in a different environment but another point is that they're only around each other. It's not like they have the other everyday distractions of like, I need to go to Winn-Dixie for, to shop for all of our food. I doubt they do that, but like <laughs> minor things like that. They have, they're literally with the team the entire time, kind of like they were in Green Bay. Not that they won that game either, but um, 
preseason's different, but then this can be like back to the basics. Like you have nothing else around to distract you. Sure, there's other and different obligations, but you know these are all outliers. Like this is the time to really focus and hone in since they are away from home. Like they can be secluded. The coaches can be like, hey, 8 p.m. curfew. I don't know if they'll do that or anything wild, but get it so they have to focus because I don't think harping on the penalties over and over is a good mental thing. Instead, it's like, all right, restart. Like we have to focus solely on the fundamentals because without those, it it falls apart like it did yesterday. I think it was, you know, it wasn't just the the penalties, but it was the type of penalties, like the pre-snap penalties, the false starts, the stuff that's like, come on. I mean, Alave got called for a couple, obviously he's still rookie, but it, that was, I think, more frustrating. It was the the type of penalties that they're getting. They're ruining any momentum they had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to tweet this because I just didn't feel like dealing with the fans that were going to jump all over me. Fans get, like, really defensive about this stuff. But, I mean, I was tweeted, like, come on, we're getting false – or they're getting false start penalties, and this is a half-empty stadium that is not very loud today. Not not playing in the Superdome. The stadium was not full and not loud. So, I mean, that's a whole other thing. But um, going back to Terrence's point about being secluded, I will I will agree with that. I mean, hey, look at how they played against Seattle a couple of years ago when Drew Brees was hurt and they had to be in um, Washington together for a week and they really bonded. And then uh, Deontay Hardy had that had a good game and they came back and beat Seattle in a very difficult place to play without mm. their quarterback. Um, so yeah, I mean, in a way, maybe maybe you're right. Thunder maybe party. Uh, maybe your maybe your point is right, and that it's a good time to bring them together. I don't know. I just don't think that you're meshing. I mean, we kind of yeah, talked I about agree. that at dinner last night. Like, there's no identity yet. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of moving pieces, but they're not moving together. And there's talent, no doubt, on the team, but it's not. It's all individualized right now, rather than cohesive. And Coach Allen brought that up last night after the game as well. It's just training camp, we didn't have everybody on the field together for a consistent amount of time with Winston's injuries, with Michael Thomas's injuries. I don't know how much you can put on that at this point in the the season. I mean, we're, we're through game three now. I think I would like to see a little more offensive chemistry than we've seen. Um, like Kat, looking at Winston and how he's played, what do you think the issues are there or what kind of limited him yesterday? And I guess you could like, just go with his back, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the actual only answer here. Well, I mean, you. I guess, yeah, I will start with the injuries. Look, I mean, people are all going to have different opinions about this. I do give James credit for playing through a bunch of stuff that has to be extremely painful. I mean, they have ways, you know, of of diminishing the pain during the game, but it's the day after where you're just trying to get out of bed and, and your foot hurts and your ankle hurts and your back hurts. And I mean, I can't imagine how difficult that is to play through. Now, of course, there's the whole school of thought of, okay, well, if you're injured, you should be taking yourself out of the game you know if you can't be the best you can be for your team I that's what coaches are for in my mind I mean the coach is there to determine whether the injured player should be on the field that's not up to the player because you know any quarterback is not going to let his backup see the field 
so I understand all that, but, but, you know, I think that these injuries have to be taking a toll in how he's playing. He told the Fox sideline reporter the other day that uh, the injury makes it difficult to put weight on his back foot at times. That's a real problem to me. Uh, he's wearing four layers of padding. I mean, just all these things. I'm just thinking, what are, what are we doing here? But when you get outside of the injuries, it's more than that. Uh, between him and the offensive line, it's like they're having trouble um, identifying blitzes. And now teams are just going after him. They've already figured out, well, we can just we can just continue to blitz them because he's not as mobile as he can be right now. I mean, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, the interceptions, I think, hit or miss. I mean, some are you kind of understand the situation they're in, um, like the last one. Others, I mean, he's got to make better decisions. So it's really just all around. He's not playing well. The offense isn't gelling. And now they have, what, eight offensive players hurt. So I just feel like the back's not going to get better right now. So this is the level that he's going to play at for a while. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not good when they need to win games. Yeah, I – I'm concerned about the injuries to the receivers to see how those progress over the the rest of the week. But you talk about somebody like Michael Thomas, who's dealt with injuries over the past couple of seasons. And that's why I think Chris Olave has had so much success because all eyes have been on and focus have been on Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and it's leaving Olave open. Olave shown that he's going to be a very good receiver. He Obviously, he's quick. He has the ability to make some great catches. He's still learning, though. But how much of an effect do you think the injuries um, could have, I guess, Taryn, or did have on the game yesterday? I I don't know if it had an immediate impact in the game yesterday because Jarvis was in the third quarter. Michael Thomas was in the fourth quarter, like toward the end, and so was Traquan Smith. So it was the second half, really. Mm-hmm. But that's also when they started to score. So I don't know, Um, but that's a slim pickings. You're left with Chris Olave and Marquez Calloway, who had that amazing one-hand grab, like sticky tape or something, because he just snatched it out of the air with a single hand. But that was their only, like, receiving touchdown yesterday, and it's your six-string wide receiver. So at least he can show that he does it, but one more injury, and they're – gonna have to bring someone else in put um blanking the tight end who just said, yeah, no um Juan put Juan back at so he's giant now I don't know how well that would work so it's it'll be interesting but it just seems like one hit after another and when your quarterback's not even fully healthy hurting another position is not going to help either yeah, I think that is kind of funny. You, you said you were talking about Callaway as the six-string receiver, right? Yeah. Yes. So last year, this offensive situation was so bad that Callaway <laughs> was our number one receiver. So like that tells you everything you need to know about the expectations for this offense and how much better it should be. Your number one receiver is your, you know, your fifth or sixth guy because you added all these moving parts. I mean. It's it's crazy to me that they're not better than they are on offense. I don't know why it's not clicking. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's 
the coaching change had more an effect than we thought it would maybe not having coach Payton leading the offense, a different voice, a different demeanor from the head coach. There's a lot of, as Kat mentioned, new people on this team where you have to develop some sort of chemistry rhythm. I've talked to people, former players that say sometimes it takes halfway through the season now because nobody plays preseason games anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that mentality might change next year where they try to get a little more run with some of their starters in the preseason across the board. A lot of teams have started slow this year. Uh, Looking at the game against the Panthers defensively, the Saints did pretty well. They finally got to the quarterback. They had three sacks. There were definitely some misses on coverage, uh, a couple missed tackles that really hurt. How do you think overall the defense played in that game against Baker Mayfield and I guess Christian McCaffrey was getting his numbers, at least on the ground. Kat. Like they could not stop Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, they limited, they Baker made him Mayfield, one dimensional but... though, because they didn't allow him to, to get going through the air, but like there was no passing game. Maybe that's why that game felt like it took forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> I think Baker just played terribly, uh, by himself I mean <laughs> you can give the defense you definitely can give the defense some credit for that but oh man some of those throws are just awful um I think Cam Jordan was the most upset about the run defense I mean that's Cam he he's always gonna put the blame on the defense himself things like that um but you know he seemed pretty uh down about that uh that McCaffrey mm-hmm. had over 100 yards he actually thought he had more than he did I think he said yeah. he had 120 or 140 so 108 um I really think the overall I mean the defense has played very well especially considering the offensive limitations in the last three games the big I mean the big thing was there's there's two missed tackles on that 67 yard touchdown uh PJ and then Matthew I mean it hurts that May's not playing uh you still don't have a Debo at 100 he only played nine snaps uh, so, you know, they are down a little bit defensively, but uh, missed tackles was a big deal. I mean, is it a, a game changer, though, when the offense can't do anything? Uh, well, I can't say they can't do anything, but when the offense is so inconsistent, um, I don't know. But, I mean, right now, the defense is not the problem in my mind. Oh, it would have to be exhausting to be the defense. Like, they're giving everything they have and, like, doing their job. I mean, what, because they had – most of it was field goals. The Panthers had what yeah the one offensive touchdown was in the fourth quarter so like the defense is doing its job meanwhile the offense is not like that's got to be discouraging at some point like I would be getting very frustrated as a competitor well it's three straight games where they've been down by 10 points or more which is frustrating yes defensively but you're always trying to you know, dig your team out of a hole because the offense they've been the past two games have given away a a touchdown to the opposing defense with the pick six last week against the bucks. And then um, the fumble that was returned for the touchdown this week. So when the offense isn't helping out that way, either it's a tough position to, to be in for sure. Any positives, anything good. I, I mean, you, Taryn, you mentioned the, the catch by Callaway, and that was obviously an awesome catch, um, a good moment. 
I think the connection with Olave finally getting that deep ball was a good moment. Anything that you can glean as a positive takeaway from this game, Kat? Well, weirdly, or maybe not weirdly, I don't know. I felt pretty positive about the team coming out of the Bucks game. I thought there was still a lot of good in that game, that they could improve off of it. They yeah. just, you know, they were on their way to winning, and then they had all these weird events happen, like, one after the other. Like, okay, I could live with that. The, Bu- the Bucks are a good team, or probably a good team, you know. We, it, is, it is still early, and there's the identities of all these teams haven't completely been established. Um this one, this one was a little more difficult. And maybe the positive is, is that, you know, there were moments on offense that you were like, okay, I see why Jameis is in because there are times that he can make these great plays and they can get some momentum. And then um, there was a penalty. You know, <laughs> yeah, or, you know, the timing of um, the defense giving up that 67-yard touchdown followed right by the offense throwing an interception it's just like it's no consistency so I guess you take solace in the the good moments they exist they're not completely inept you know these um these new additions have actually done things like Alave has been a good addition uh Landry has been a good addition so it's like okay I I see them all doing good things at different moments Mm -hmm. they just need to all come together and do it and of course it's just it's the easiest thing to say but the weird thing about the NFL is when you don't play well in September you it feels like you're already running out of time like September is so important for like establishing the identity of the team and you know a good head start and so it makes this next game pretty important like how they will leave September will kind of set the tone for the rest of the season um so they just need to get all those positives together at the same time and maybe they can do something with it I mean Cam Jordan hit on that when he was like just makes it more important but also more difficult to win from here on out because they're starting Mm -hmm. behind the eight ball they weirdly don't play well in the middle of the game I was looking at the stats last night and they've only scored three points I believe in the second and third quarter so all their points uh 38 of their points came in the fourth quarter so it's like they they score in the first and the fourth quarter and and that's it it's really weird they're starting early and finishing strong but we need the middle yeah like exist not even right not even be all like do something something. yeah you'd think you take a step back though they're only one and two they've only played three games they could be oh and three they very well could be had they not come back against Atlanta. And I know people are saying, oh my gosh, that fourth quarter is an anomaly. Now this team is just really not good. I think that that fourth quarter is what this team can be, should be when all cylinders are firing. As you guys have said, everybody is getting on the same page. It's going to, I mean, we're going to see if that can click and stay, you know, going for an entire game, all four quarters. Um, but the season I don't think is lost by any means. There's definitely a lot of time. And if yesterday's NFL games were any indication, like, I mean, the bills lost and everybody was like, Oh, the bills are the best team ever. So there's so much, no, they lost to the dolphins. Oh, and the chiefs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And yeah, I was just saying there's a lot of like weird um, outcomes yesterday. Yeah, definitely. So 
I mean, you never know. I honestly, I feel like there's always teams each year that just start gaining crazy momentum towards the end of the year, like the Bengals did last year and end up winning a bunch of games in the postseason. I think that if this team doesn't go to the postseason this year, then that's going to be a disappointment considering all the moves and additions. Um, but that's definitely still something that's out there and something that can be done. Um, looking at this game, I guess, against the Vikings coming up, what do you think needs to happen in that game for the saints to be able to set themselves up better for success? And I guess I've, I've seen Dalvin cook may be injured. We'll, we'll kind of see that situation as it goes this week. I guess he dislocated his shoulder again, because he's done that a bunch of times. Um, it doesn't seem like that's very fun to play with, but it sounds like he might try to go. But anyways, all of that aside, um, Taryn, what do you think needs to happen next Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time? Oh, gosh, I forgot how early it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, since I will be stateside. Mm-hmm. Coffee. Coffee at kickoff. But that doesn't matter what time the kick is. Um, this is a clean game. Like, no interceptions, no fumbles. I know they're anomalies, but I think the team needs that for its own confidence. Cause as they said, they're shooting themselves in the, in the foot, but well, that's got to shooting yourself in the foot. It probably hurts. Um, it's just how many times can you inflict pain on yourself? Like they need to clean up their game when it comes to penalties and turnovers, because otherwise they're going to, to use the analogy again, be, behind the eight ball before it even matters so we'll see it sounds so simplistic but I know it's yeah. not yeah Kat, football you- 101 please stop making <laughs> mistakes Kat any takeaways any last thoughts here sorry I was uh just looking up Vikings stats to see how they're doing um I mean I agree with Taryn and uh starts with I mean, it starts with the Saints themselves at first. You know, no fumbles, no uh, no major penalties. But honestly, I really think they just need to establish um, a good run game and, and try to kind of ride the Camaro wave. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how much his own injury is affecting him. I can't imagine you come back from a rib injury in a week and it's all good. I mean, he had such a great start against the Vikings. He had that big play to start. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know. He's fine, but I'm sure that lingers. But, I mean, really, just establish a good ground game, and then you have to figure out a way to scheme around um, Jameis with all of these teams kind of identifying at the moment Mm -hmm. um, how to, you know, blitz him and get to him, which is why I think it's so important that, you know, maybe you get um, Kamara and Ingram going and and try to to win that way. But uh, either way, I think it's going to be – hopefully a more interesting game than it was yesterday. That makes it so tough when you think about it too, because their quarterback is already injured and now you have to game plan an extra level to protect him a bit more than usual. Cause always the mm. plan is to protect the quarterback, yeah. but now even more so because he's literally being targeted in a different way than maybe he would have had so he ex- injury free. Right. This is an experienced offensive line though. Like they don't really have an excuse. I mean, they might not have uh, Andres Pete next week because he left with a concussion and he didn't play. Calvin Throckmorton played most of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, it was about half and half, you know, so that's another problem. But um, 
yeah, I mean, experience offensive line, experience offensive line coach, I kind of think they don't really have an excuse not to, to figure that out. No, Definitely, but there's no back yeah. injury. Yeah, well, definitely yeah. some areas that they know that they need to to work on, which is almost a good thing. Sometimes it's better to know you know what's not working and and have a plan or at yeah. least a, a final, you know, this is what we need to do. Um it's about how how we get there rather than not really knowing what the issues are. So I guess we'll go with that as the positive takeaway here as we know, <laughs> we know what we need to do. <laughs> Right. I should add, you know, I keep saying offensive line. It's not just them. Like people need to, like, you have to have your other guys pick up the blitz and also Jameis needs to not hold the ball so long. Like it, they just, you know, you just keep thinking of more and more things and that's why they're not winning because it's not just Jameis, not just offensive line. It's like the whole thing we keep talking about. It's just being in sync and figuring it out together. They're individual players right now. They're not a team. And that's probably the deepest thing I'll say all day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's, you joke about it, but it comes down to like the Patriots used to, you know, Bill Belichick, just do your job. And that's, I think that if you really focus on the things that you can control in this game, I think Cam Jordan mentioned it yesterday after the game as well, then hopefully that will set up the rest of the team for more success. We'll see what they're able to do when they're in London, you know, trying to deal with the time change, trying to deal with the different media availabilities. Um, it's definitely going to be difficult. I think for the next couple of days, cause they didn't get a lot of sleep, I'm sure on the way over there and they still have to go through the tape from this game, which probably won't be a fun time either. So next couple of days might be a little rough for them, but hopefully we'll have good things, good news with the injury front. And, um, as the game kind of unfolds on Sunday, but I appreciate y'all for joining me. I know Kat, you're going to be over over there in London soon. So we look forward to your reports over there and Taryn and I'll hold it down here in new Orleans. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. And look, Sean Payton always used to say uh crisis or carnival. He, he loved a good crisis oh, and he gosh. loved when they had to be somewhere together. So yeah. this would be Payton's dream scenario this week. So hopefully maybe DA takes a little bit of that with they him. They just got to focus. I mean, it's, you're overseas just to like focus on what you know focus on football it'll make everything else seem less chaotic all right well i'll let him know that that's what you said taryn (laughs) (laughs) just send a i'll send a little uh, carrier over there hey uh just focus on football guys all right (laughs) yes thank you guys so much i appreciate y'all Thanks to both of those ladies for joining me on the podcast today before they begin their travels back to New Orleans and on to London. We appreciate the time for sure and the insight. Lots of things that the Saints are going to be looking at this week as they begin preparation for the Vikings. That is an 8.30 a.m. kick. Central time, that is. That is a mid-afternoon, I think, 2.30 kick there, London time. A little bit different. It's going to be a fun environment for them to play. Hopefully, that will bring a little more energy, a little more camaraderie as they work through the week together there in London, and that translates to the field with the chemistry, just everybody getting on the same page. We'll have podcast Wednesday and Friday. Todd Graffinini will join me with some special guests from over there in London. 
and we'll bring you all, everything that we have each day as the coaches and the players go through practices and media availability. Such Plus, we'll have some really fun stories, some different video elements that they're working on out there. Our video department and the production team are on site. So it'll be a lot of fun stuff coming out of this week and, and hopefully a lot of positive news as things roll on. As always, I'm Aaron Summers. Thanks so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.